The third question every human is battling with is why am I here? It's a tough question. The average human being does not know why they're on planet Earth. They wake up every morning, go into a job they hate, working with people they don't like, getting paid less than they're worth, and dying too young from frustration because they don't know why they exist. What is going on, everybody? We are back with another episode of A Beat and a Message. And man, I got a special episode for you guys today. We are talking relationships. Uh, my special guest today is Harrison Thompson. He is a cognitive behavioral therapist. He's been growing his presence here throughout the islands of the Bahamas, whether it be through his social media accounts, producing videos, or sharing his professional perspective on relationships. And man, if you follow him on Twitter, you know especially what I'm talking about. He definitely is giving out free game. And you know, now he has a successful practice here in downtown Nassau. You can find him at speaking events or on national news discussing behavioral and relationship topics. So I definitely wanted to have him on the podcast and we're diving in. We're talking like some real stuff. We're talking about, you know, the 2020 COVID relationship, uh, the current dating climate, toxic bonds, trauma, healing, you know, the standards that you should have in a relationship, roles in relationships. Oh yeah, we talking about that Birkin bag y'all be talking about on Twitter and all that stuff. Yep, we diving into all that, man. So without further ado, man, let's get this thing started. Uh, this episode is sponsored by <laughs> nobody. So if you are interested in being a part of this growing podcast, definitely send me an email at info at drewharmony.com. And ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Mr. Harrison Thompson, I hope you enjoy this conversation. I hope you take some good gems. Let's go. All right, here we go. So I'm here with my guy, my guy, Harrison Thompson, man. Yes. Thank you for coming through the Beat and the Message podcast, bro. It is a pleasure to be here, man. Just this environment, the vibe, the energy. It's going to be something that produces a good, a good look. Awesome, man. Awesome. So for the people that may not know you, yeah. can you definitely introduce yourself? What do you do your profession? Even giving a little backstory to even the Facebook stuff if you can. Sure, man. So uh, my name is Harrison Thompson. I am a cognitive behavioral therapist. That's my profession, right? And doing cognitive behavioral therapy in this country is a, it's an interesting thing. It wasn't something where I posted an open sign on the door and people came. And I realized that Bahamians were not very good at self-reporting their own internal issues. Uh, mm -hmm. That's not really hard to believe. But I recognize that it's best to work with what's already in motion as opposed to trying to reinvent the wheel. So I took to Robinson Road. I dressed up in a full tuxedo. People may or may not remember this. I took a sign out and I said, if your man is cheating on you, you need to call my office now. Oh, time out. <laughs> what? Yeah, bro. Ball I, moves. Ball I, moves. I had to create that stir around this name, around this guy that's so interested in mental health. And I realized that talking about mental health was not enough. I had to find a way to show Bahamians that, yes, there are solutions to a lot of the challenges that you do have in relationships. You just kind of have to know where to look. And that gave rise to a lot of me posting videos on Facebook. Um, big shout out to Bahamas News Mabay. He actually took my video or she and uh, made it pretty viral. Anonymous. Anonymous, hey, right? <laughs> and from there, I just kind of stayed consistent with pushing my uh, videos out there, showing people that, listen, you can change these things that are happening to you. You just have to be willing to embrace some uncomfortable things. And that gave rise to Harrison Thompson Official, the guy that I think a lot of people may know today. 
Wow, it's amazing. And you're definitely, you know, like you like to say in these streets. Because yep. I see you on Twitter. You're definitely active. <laughs> I'm out here. You know what I mean? Giving some free <laughs> advice, you know, some people who may be lost, you true, know. True. On Facebook, you're always giving great posts. And, you know, I like to share them and pass them on to friends. So yeah. you're doing your thing in the community, man. I appreciate so, that. The reason why I bought you here, bro, yes. is I want to talk about, this is a hot topic, of course, yeah. relationships, man. Huh. Relationships in 2020, hmm. what does that look like? And actually, can you give me your, your take? You know, you've been having a lot of, um, you know, uh, meetings with individuals. Can you give me your, I guess, take on the current atmosphere or status of relationships like right, the atmosphere sorry of relationships right now in 2020 i think in 2020 everybody wants the fruit of like that solid commitment but no one wants the work no one wants the labor Ooh. no one wants that toiling man uh because i see people hungry for that connection they're hungry for partnership they're hungry for companionship but i think because we have been so hurt so jaded in our own personal attempts to try and get that we don't know how to recover from that so it's like we're trying to participate in love. We're trying to participate in relationships, but we're afraid of getting hurt. Talk about it. You know, and the, the strange part about that is, Drew, to love is to hurt, bro. If you don't have the capacity to invest in risk when it comes to love, you have no business being in a relationship. And I think sometimes because we invest the love that we need to be okay into other people, when they inevitably hurt us with the love that we needed, now we're broken. I always advise people in 2020, if you're serious about relationships, love them from your overflow. Because exactly. the overflow has nothing to do with what's in your cup. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so I think if we can kind of make that distinction, people will realize that love isn't broken. Relationships aren't broken. It's really just broken people that are trying to do something that they aren't ready to do yet. If we can kind of distinguish between those two things... Then we'll have a better, better <laughs> atmosphere. And it's so crazy that you said that because it's interesting. I was reading this book. It's called The Mastery of Love, right? Yeah. Oh, man, it's an amazing book. And it talks about, <laughs> it was kind of harsh. Yeah. He was basically saying how we're literally in a giant mental hospital. Wow. And a lot of people aren't fixing their wounds and they're just passing on their toxicity and just infecting others. And just like nobody's actually dealing with themselves. And I was mm -hmm. like, wow, that's... That's a crazy analogy, but it's that's how it honestly feels in this current atmosphere of, I guess, dating relationships, whatever, or what Twitter says or Facebook says, or you yeah. know, or what social media on the whole, you know, pop culture, et cetera. Right. It's it's pain management, bro. Mm -hmm. If we could be honest about it, I think people are just trying to find a way to minimize pain, you know? And that is what I think is fueling this idealism in trying to find this perfect person. Because oh, in, the mind, talk about that. in our mind, you know, it's like that perfect person isn't going to hurt me. And so if I could find the perfect person, I don't have to adjust. It's gonna be, that perfect person is going to make me so happy. <sighs> Good luck. <laughs> right. I haven't seen it yet. I've been doing this since 2011. I have not found it yet. Maybe it's just timing. He's married. <laughs> and he's telling you there's no perfect person. And that's what a lot of people don't understand, man. And, and something for me, I had to learn. I had to... Oh, Definitely learned because I realized I lacked a lot of love in myself and I was expecting other people to fill those voids, et cetera. But it's no, like you said, you have to fill your cup and let yeah. that overflow be that that thing that you extend to someone else. Because when you do that, you no longer have, no one has your 
how can I put it? No one has your your happiness right. at their disposal. You know what True. I'm saying? You're in control. You know what I'm saying? You're filled. You're great. And whatever else is left over and continue to overflow, hey, you know? Let me tell you, man. Drew is such a beautiful host. Uh, he poured me a nice cold glass of lemonade, and I think it was so symbolic, right? <laughs> because we try to pour into people, number one, that don't have the capacity mm. to, to deal with our love. And I think we are pouring into people when we have nothing to pour into them with. And I think sometimes we don't stop in between our relationships to really figure things out, to say, man, where am I at? Exactly. I think we're rebounding off of people to yeah. feel better about what I couldn't do instead of in actually looking at this thing and saying, wow, I really need to grow. I need to figure myself out before I ever engage another person. So deep, man, because you're talking, you're talking to me too, by the way. Hey. That's how I feel, <laughs> man. I had literally said, okay, 2020, Yeah, I'm wrapping it up. COVID time, I shouldn't be dating, you know what right. I'm saying? It's tough times, you know what I mean? Let me chill, you know, and just focus on me, you know, because I, I see even, even my personal life, a lot of things that I've, cycles that I'm repeating, I'm like, man, I, I thought I just dealt, no, nope, I'm dealing with this, okay, real, Drew, you got to fix this, you know real what I mean? Talk. Before you enter another, someone else's life, you know what I mean? True. And that's such, uh, such a vital thing that we have to do in terms of being prepared, you know, and Talking about like trauma and healing, like what are your suggestions for people, you know, who may have just come out of a relationship or even marriage, et cetera? How do you know when you're you're good enough to go back even on this dating this dating field? I don't I don't think people are fully embracing the dark side. And here's what I mean. Side. Yeah. You know, that pain, that hurt, that heartache, that thing that tests your faith, that thing that tests everything that your parents have been speaking out against, the things that your prayers go against, right? I think we are so afraid of the dark side. And when I say dark side, I'm talking about that uncomfortable, that very, very real raw emotionality that comes out of pain. Yep. Because we're so used to being in control. You know, we're so used to being poised, manageable, to have ourselves freak out, to have ourselves go through something that we can't manage and control. It's scary. But going through that is going to reveal to you the extent of your wounds. Mm. And I think so many of us try to minimize our hurt try to put it in a box and say, you know what, I can deal with that. I feel better about it. But the truth is your pain is going to show you who you are and what you need to be. And if you're not going through that, all you're doing is engaging in denial. And denial doesn't serve any purpose besides to make you feel better about something that you can't really control. So by embracing that dark side, you're allowing your emotions to be what they need to be. So that in life, when the inevitable uh, interactions happen in the gas station or your circle of friends <laughs> somehow just pops something up on the timeline, right? You can you can deal with that. You can manage that without that disrupting your life. Do you hear this man, ladies and gentlemen? Like, <laughs> he's talking that that's why his name is amongst the top in the Bahamas, hey. you know, in terms of relationship and advice, man. And staying on this era of like, I mean, this area of toxicity and, and trauma and all that stuff like that. I notice now there's, there's, there's a battle now with between women and men where it's like who who can give the less care, you know what I'm saying? In terms right. of when they're dating and stuff like that. What what do you think that stems about? Like, you know what I mean? Even from okay, take for instance, I was talking to this uh this 
a friend of mine, she's a female, we were talking about the song WAP, right? Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yo, tell me, like, tell me your take on this song, you know? It actually stems from a conversation we were talking to prior about just R&B. She was listening to this um, Boys to Men song. She's like, why aren't men singing like this anymore? You know what I mean? Mm. And why are they this vulnerable and all that stuff? I was like, um, because y'all don't want this. Right. And, and she, she was like, what do you mean? I was like, men tend to do with, with women, yeah. basically say, okay, this is cool now. You know what I'm saying? True. Even from the art decor in our house, et cetera. Like, mm. men, most men be comfortable with a couch, a TV in their room. A right. little Xbox PlayStation. I seen a meme about that. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. And they get, but if you want some women to come over, now nah, you gotta set, you know, you gotta set the mood. True. You know what I mean? So we were talking about that, and she was saying her response to the WAP song, she was like, you know, it's cool. It's like empowerment, empowering in a way, you know, their sexuality and stuff like that. But she felt like it's more like, well, you know, the men, they talk about us all this ways and all this stuff like that. Why can't we, you know, right. and it's always this now. Okay, I care less. I you care less type of vibe. What do you think that stems from, man? Well, I think if we're being honest, there men have been able to kind of portray that same WAP energy for years. Talk about it. You know what I mean? If we want to be fair and unbiased, there men have been at the reins of having freedom with sexuality, freedom with sexual expression for eons since the beginning of time, and we were never judged for it. I think there is a part of it where we are just uncomfortable seeing women do that, especially in the Bahamas where we box women into this box, uh, the, this this thing where they're supposed to be seen and not heard, right? Or they're just supposed to be in the corner, quiet like a mouse. Right. While we are the ones engaging with everything, right? But, Having you know, fun. Fortunately, the zeitgeist is changing. The times are changing. Women are becoming more empowered, and I think it's just a culture shock. We're not so used to women having these types of voices in these types of arenas. That's the first type of thing, too. Um, I think, number two, about pain and trauma, there's a tribalism involved, Right. I think pain has drawn us deeper into our shells. It's drawn us back into the cave. And now we don't want to come out until we are 100% certain that every move I take is going to give me back return on investment. That control thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't want to love you until I see if you love me. Mm -hmm. I don't want to express my feelings for you until, until you could, express Until it's clear. Feeling, until it's clear. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing, and it goes right back again to not being ready to invest in love. If you cannot find a place of confidence in your feelings to give from your perspective, not about what you can get from a person, then you have no business being in a relationship, yeah. right? Because you're not going to be able to share in love. You're looking for that person to fill a void in your life that you should kind of be filling on your own. Exactly. I feel like a lot of people go into relationships trying to figure out what they can get. Yeah. And that's not how it works. Or yeah. at least from my perspective, what worked for me, it's more so what can I give? Right. And I think that's, the thing that's tripping us out, you know, and especially like you talk about just, you know, the dichotomy of relationships changing now. I feel like that's been a um, snowball effect from like World War II times when the men had to go to war and women had to come, you know, into the factories and start working. And then when the men came back home, all the jobs are gone. Now women True. working and stuff like that. And that that whole balance of roles. Yeah. So even talking about roles in a relationship, I feel like that's a big thing now in today's day and age because like a lot of men I talk to, you know, a lot of us talk about manhood, like what it is to be a man and mm -hmm. struggle with that aspect of it, right? And I'm realizing that we can't even look to our, in a way we can, but we can't look to our grandparents or our parents 
to see what what a man is or what a woman is because I feel like their relationship and how they operated back in the day is totally Ooh. different. Than nah, you speaking, 2020. Yeah. You know what I mean? Man, go to the, go, go to go to go to work. Women stay home, take care of the kids, etc. Whatever. Mm-hmm. He bring on the food and she take care of how that's not. I didn't go to work in 2020. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or at least that's not the norm. Right. So like gender roles, like what do you feel like is there there's the disrupt right now in terms of like the balance in relationships and gender roles especially? Well, I mean, for number one, women are making that bub. Exactly. You know, they are coming home with the degrees, they're coming home with more positions of authority and power now. So they have more of an opportunity to express themselves in ways that they didn't before. Of course, you know, that contradicts traditional masculinity where the man is supposed to be that breadwinner, the man is supposed to be the one to make the calls. He's that shot caller. He's that dude. Mm -hmm. It can sometimes be an adjustment trying to figure out how can I exist uh, in a peaceful way in this relationship, even though I may not have that financial power, right? So you find that a lot of things are changing. But if we're honest, we suffer because of the labels that we associate to things, right? Talk about it. The first thing that pops up into the average person's mind when we say masculinity is this big grunt. (laughs) <laughs> this guy, unfortunately, with a beard, right? And, you know, some dude with muscles who's like shouting out to the, from the top of his lungs how manly he is. But I think that we have made that label so narrow. We've outcasted a whole slew of other men in our society that may not necessarily look like that. Men that are not necessarily aggressive, but they're still assertive. Men that aren't loud and boisterous, but they're cool, calm, and collected. Why is it that one is more manly than another? Because he decides to show certain characteristics over another. And so when I think we talk about gender roles, we have to talk about the full scope of things. And if we're going to talk about how we've been biased in one area, we've got to talk about how we're biased in another area as well. Right? That's real talk, man. Yeah. That's real talk. And speaking of which, you know, in terms of types and all those things like that, I have, so before I came into this, you know, um, this meeting with you, I definitely hit up some friends, right? I was like, you know what? I'm speaking to this relationship coach. Hey, this is your time. If you want some questions, you know, yeah. let me know. And I was talking to a lot of some of my homegirls. And I've realized, too, I know a lot of women that are, oh, my goodness, gorgeous, um, educated, all that stuff. But they have a tough time right. finding men in today. You know what I'm saying? Like, what do you think? What do you think is the the what they're missing, or what do you think that there's certain things that they probably need to do in order to put themselves in a position to find you know quote unquote quality men? I think that the essence of what men want and what women want hasn't changed at all. I think we've had to learn how to adapt to what the situation is calling us to adapt to. Like most women would have to adapt to a man's world. They'd have to learn how to be aggressive. They'd have to learn how to negotiate to compete with men. But at the end of the day, a man still wants a woman to be a certain way, right? A woman still wants a man to be a certain way as well. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's about changing what you have to do to survive as much as it is developing an awareness about what it is you need to do in your relationship to thrive, right? I think some of us leave that switch on, on, not recognizing that sometimes we got to learn how to create vulnerability. Exactly. That polarity stuff too, Yeah. Right? In terms of feminine and, and masculine energy. Ah, I feel like a lot of women kind of miss that in terms of, you know, especially with men, like that we love our feminine, at least me, men, masculine men, we love our women to be a, like, you know, that feminine energy given. And I like mine with a little spice. Don't get right, me wrong. You right, know what I'm saying? Right. Like, you know, <laughs> little gold pepper. You know, little gold pepper, you know? <laughs> you know, but that's, I feel like that's a, another thing that they kind of miss, especially, you know, being a career woman, all that stuff like that, and how to actually step back and 
assume this quote-unquote role or position in the relationship. Yeah, in, in psychology, it's interesting because you will find that when people get into a position of power after not having it for such a long time, their disposition isn't always to do what is considered right. Their disposition is to kind of regain everything that they were robbed of, right? Psychologically, mm. right? So if I'm being bullied in school and I go learn some jujitsu and I come back into school now and I have a position of power, <laughs> I'm not so inclined to walk away. Mm. I need to show you who I am now. You know I, what I mean? I know jujitsu. Yeah, uh, there you go. And so I think it's the same way when we, when because times are changing now and more people are coming into positions of authority and power, even in relationships, their first disposition is not going to be to do what the right thing is. It's going to to, to take on this personality of this is what is what has been taken from me for so long. Now that I have this position of power, I'm not giving it up. Mm. So either you be what it is I need you to be, or I'm pushing out. And along with me is going the money, the house, the comfort, the security, <laughs> right. the trust. So what's what you going to do? You know, pause in your court. That's tough, man. That's tough. And <laughs> sorry. the funny thing is I'm just thinking about all the things. All these questions, are the things that you're telling me, all these conversations are just running back in the back of my mind. And just like things that they were telling me, even like. Let's say now, because I'm I'm focused on the ladies right now. I'm like, man, I'm gonna get to you, right? Right. But another thing for them where they were trying to handle like the stress of, you know, that I'm getting older now. Mm. Some of them, you know, late twenties, knocking on thirty, except oh my eggs and stuff like that. And how do they not let those pressures, you know, affect their choices in terms of the dating pool and not quote unquote settling, you know? I see so many women that are under the biological gun man. Mm. where they have to have their life organized by between the years of 30 and 35, right? We see that women tend to fall into that category of either freaking out because it's not happening in the way that they want it to or by letting it go because they realize that they can break away from that and still be considered a good person. Mm. So I think there's a lot of women, especially in this country, because, you know, we come from a predominantly Christian background. Mm. We're not really fully that. But we come from a lot of those influences that says that things have to be in place for your life to start. So I think subconsciously, a lot of women are trying to put these things in place because subconsciously they're trying to prove to themselves that they are worthy, right? You know what that is to be a friend and you see your, your, your best friend for X amount of years get married or now they're having kids. And here you are at your third wedding invite as a bridesmaid. And you're like, man, when is it going to be my time? You know, you can't help but to think biologically. And men don't have to think about that. You know, we're always ready to go. We don't have an expiration date per se. Right. You know, as long as things are working properly. Right, right. Talk about it. And so I think we have to be so aware that there are different things that affect us differently as man and woman. And I think instead of trying to think alike on all of these topics, I think maybe we need to begin thinking together. Because when we think together, I think it absolves us of so many unnecessary stresses and anxieties that comes along with these labels that says you have to be like this or suffer the consequences. I think if we can step away from these toxic labels, a lot of us would realize that these relationships that I've been searching for, they've been right under my nose this whole time. I found that when people can kind of release the pressure from having to make something work, it works automatically. You know? Interesting, man. So... Even moving forward, let's just, let's just, let's just continue this route because my mind. I'm gonna get back to all the things that's going through my mind towards it because I know I want to definitely get these questions out. By the way, guys, we're definitely close on our 
quote unquote curfew in the Bahamas. Hey. We're supposed to be in, in the rooms by seven, you know what I mean? So I'm just trying to keep it For constrained, sure. you know For what I sure. mean? So um, moving forward, a lot of things we also talked about in terms of just relationships was like, what are... For, for, our, for our women, we still own women right now, what are some of the things that they should look for in terms of positive signs um, for a healthy uh, person to engage in a relationship with? And what are some like big red flags that a lot of people tend not even to talk about that you feel that you've seen based on your you know interactions, which, hmm. you, should, which you could kind of put them on game to? I have had some trouble with that question hmm. in 2020. 2019, I was fine with that. 2018, I was fine with that. But in 2020, I'm having trouble with that question. And here's why. People have the uncanny ability to become what it is we need them to be. Oh, man. Right? I'm talking about they know how to dress the part. They know how to talk, talk, walk the walk. And I'm not talking about for like a couple of months. I know people who can hunker down and act that part for years. Mm. Right? being able to dissociate from who they are and become who we want them to be so that we can feel comfortable enough to love them. Mm. The truth is, bro, and I'm realizing this in 2020, we will never really know who this person is that we are engaging with. I find that we have to develop a more comprehensive form of insurance to guard our hearts. And that's self-love. We have to recognize within ourselves when we are well enough to participate in what we believe this thing is. Because at the end of the day, they may not be who we think they are, and there's nothing we can do about that. I'm not willing to say that that means we shouldn't date. I'm not willing to say that that doesn't mean we should engage in relationships or even searching for them. But I think it means we have to prepare ourselves, not by trying to manage people, but by managing the state of our heart, Mm -hmm. right? Because if I am at the point where I can risk losing a little bit of love, and I'm still going to be Harrison at the end of the day, I can deal with that. But if I'm, if I'm at the point in my life where the next relationship has to work, otherwise Harrison Thompson is going to be a failure, that's dangerous. Because then I spiral out of control, right? Mm-hmm. That creates depression. That creates anxiety uh, disorders and panic disorders. And those are what we, we're seeing a lot of nowadays. So instead of trying to manage people and looking for signs, and there are a little bit of signs that you can look for, I think we need to manage ourselves. If I had to give a sign, for the women to kind of look you know, for you know they're looking for some of that if, if I had to give a sign make sure that you put that man through enough right I'm not talking about stress see now it's, I don't know it's the fellas <laughs> I don't know I mean like what, what you mean by this now I, I, what do you mean by put them through enough you will know that you love this dude before you've seen enough right you will have a feeling of love before you sometimes even recognize it and if you trust your feelings you will prematurely jump into something before you're fully vetted who this person is. Like for me and my wife, we went through seasons where I had money, when I didn't have money. We went through seasons where she had money, where she didn't have money. We both went through seasons where we lost loved ones who were close to us and we were a mess. Mm-hmm. We went through family challenges, personal issues, distance in college, right? Adjustment issues, coming back home, wanting to go away. We've been there. So I have seen the full gambit of who my wife is. Now, of course, she's still learning and growing, as am I. But I was comfortable enough to say, I can invest in who this person is right now. And I can know that moving forward, whatever challenges will come out of this, we can manage. Because the foundation has already been set. So just for clarification, he isn't saying put that dude through stress. No way. Set him through the, the, the things that you're talking about <laughs> is things that happen, that like occur naturally. You know yeah. what I mean? Through the course of you building a friendship and a relationship, these are things like outside sources. And by... by those things happening, you're 
quote unquote judging the character of that person and seeing if you know are you willing to continue right with them and carry like, on we have to give life an opportunity to happen you know we gotta talk about my dogs like, <laughs> if you call it <laughs> right right we gotta give life enough opportunity to happen like what's gonna happen when he sees his ex at the movie theater with you right that's not mm. gonna be anytime soon with lockdown but what happens when he encounters someone from his past and you're there how's he gonna respond to that is he the same type of person when things are going good for him as when things aren't you need to see that right mm. you need to see his uh, proclivity to wanting to work through that you need to see his ability to be vulnerable and open. So when I say give him enough things to, or, or, or put him through enough things, I'm saying let life happen. And then instead of trying to control life to get the results you want, because we do that a lot, allow life to take its natural course and then see what this is. Mm. And don't get into the business of trying to believe what you want to believe. Right. When something shows itself to you, believe it, accept it. And that's a lot of things like... Uh most people get caught up in because love, you know that term when they say, oh, love is blind? That is so true. It is true. When you when you get hit with that love luck, it's like, oh, I ain't seeing that. You know what I'm saying? It's true. I just focus on the good. Just the, yeah. oh, this is how the person made me feel in this moment. But yeah, what about that disrespect? But all these different things. But a lot of what you're saying too is what I've come to realize even within myself is that I just have the ability. I, I've learned that I have, to, I have to develop the trust within myself. Right. Not necessarily that person, but really trusting myself and staying true to who I am and my morals. And I feel like once I stay grounded in me, I could kind of waver the storm and see, you know. And for me, even just, I'm the type of person, like, even that first set of months, I feel like that's, like, I think Chris Rock said it, that's just their representative. You true. know what I'm saying? I like that. Then they, you know what <laughs> I mean? I want to see that subconscious thinking, you know, those natural reactions when something didn't go your mm. way or you're angry, how you treating me, how you're talking to me, et cetera, you know? Yeah. And those are the things I kind of pay attention to. So those first couple months, yeah, we can have fun. Don't you want, you want to see that pain though. You're right. You, you, want to see, you want to see what happens when things don't go according to plan because that's who you really are. Mm. People always tell me, Harrison, when things are good, oh man, we're great. But when it's bad, oh, we're terrible. And I always say, why? Why is it that when things go bad, that stops the flow of love? If you're not willing to continually be loving in the midst of bad things, you're not ready to participate in a relationship. Talk about it. And yeah, man. So, okay. So we talked about the women. Yeah. Let's bring it down to the men. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, it could be somewhat similar, but like, what are some of the things that you feel that men are missing in the days in today's dating, uh, and even just in relationships? What do you feel like we may be missing, uh, like, or not connecting the dots with when it comes to our women and our relationships and stuff like that? I think women, to me, what I've seen in my office, the greatest desire for women is to have their emotionality seen and respected for what it is. I think. The most common cry from women in my office, that's wives, that's girlfriends, fiancés, their, their significant other doesn't respect the authenticity of their experience. So a lot of times as men, we evaluate their experience from our point of view. And so we end up saying things like, you shouldn't be freaking out for that, right? Stop being so dramatic. And what we do when we say those things to our women is we ostracize them. We make them conscious of their emotionality, which is what they need to find peace. And so once we make our women conscious of their emotionality, now we attempt to get them to be like us. There's that word again, like. And the minute we try to get them to be like us, they lose who they are. Mm -hmm. So what happens now is we get these compliant women who are quiet until one day when you breathe too heavily and they freak out on you and you don't know. That's why I <laughs> all, all that. That's where it's coming from. Mm -hmm. See, 
as men, we don't have to express ourselves to find peace. We have the internal ability to think. Not that women don't, but we have a proclivity to think more internally than we do externally. Logical thinkers. Right? We're logical. Mm-hmm. Women have a proclivity, proclivity to express themselves more first. Not that they can't think, but they feel more comfortable expressing themselves in their emotionality when they're feeling it. So why is it that we're going to take what they need to get to their peace, hijack that and tell them that it's wrong when we are allowed to do what we need to do to find our peace, right? So I think what men need to get and understand is that you need to protect your women emotionally. Give them a safe space. Don't just tell them they can do things. Be proactive in that. Give them a safe space to be what they need to be, to vent, say what they need to say, so they can get back to whatever it is you all need to get back to. So with that being said, I feel like one of the biggest challenges for men and even obviously women is how to understand that or quote unquote communication. Right. That's the big thing right now. Communication. What is like healthy communication or what do you think is healthy communication within a relationship? I think uh, if we can take like a point, talking to one another is when you take your emotionality and you move forward with that. Right. So you're speaking out of anger, you're speaking out of fear, speaking out of anxiety. Communication is taking your emotionality and getting retroactive with it. Saying, how did I arrive to these feelings? How can I help my partner understand what led to me being here? I don't want to take my partner from this place and move forward because they don't first have an understanding as to how I arrived here. That's how we end up talking at one another, right? Because we're taking our feelings and we're just moving forward. But communication is about helping my partner understand how I, ar- how I arrived here at this particular place. So communication is not so much what I'm saying, but how are you receiving this, right? Are you getting what it is I'm saying when I say it this way? No, let me change it. But I think we make communication so much about forcing this person to receive it in the way that I'm giving it to them. Exactly. And that's a failure. Because I think that's what most men talk about. You know, women, they always say, uh, communication is key. Right. But when it's time to talk, uh, don't worry about it. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And all those different things, man. So... Uh, something I definitely wanted to tackle, you know, within this climate now is just relationships during COVID-19, you know what I'm saying? 2020, yeah. et cetera. I feel like that's something I feel like we definitely should talk on in terms of just how are we handling things? You know, before, you know, you had the glitz and the glamour, you was going out on dates and so true. all these good things and then boom, shut down. We in this room together, we in this house together, Real. sometimes 24-7 or lockdown or whatever, now we're seeing our partners for without the, you know, the veil and and the and the the would you call it the foggy mirrors? I guess. Right. How how what are what are things that people should consider in terms of maintaining a healthy relationships during these times? Well, you know, it's interesting because we can be on an island twenty one by seven, and overnight it becomes a long distance relationship because <laughs> of curfews and lockdowns, right? Talk about it. And I don't think any of us have ever been in a position where we're so used to having access to a person. And then overnight, you can't. And I think a lot of us are being exposed in this season. COVID-19 isn't really the problem. COVID-19 has simply peeled back the layers and it's revealed to us who we have been this whole time. Mm-hmm. We're just not used to embracing that. So it's easy to hit the low-hanging fruit and say, oh, COVID-19, look at what it's done. But when you're honest about it, you will realize that maybe I've always had an issue with communication. Maybe I've always had an issue with standing up for my feelings or disrupting peace to have necessary confrontation, right? And COVID is just closing in the wall so that we're now forced to do it. And because, again, we don't know how to embrace that dark side. 
We look at our feelings as an indication of failure when that's not true. We all have feelings. We all feel anger. We all feel fear. We all are sometimes sad. We all go through joy. But those feelings are just an indication and you can't respond to the indication as though it's a conclusion because the presence of that feeling will make you think that this is no longer working. So by embracing that dark side and allowing yourself to feel comfortable in that feeling, you can work through uncomfortable emotions with your partner without thinking that the indication somehow means this relationship is done. Mm. And I think that's what COVID-19 is really showing us. It's forcing the conflict. It's forcing the hard conversations. It's forcing us to engage with the parts of us that we've been so good at hiding. And now it's just out in the open. What are we going to do? It can either send us in the right direction of growth or it can break us down. Mm. But we choose that. Right. And we have to be willing to work. Yeah. I think that's that's the tough part when it's just one person f- who feels that like they're doing all the work and pulling on the strings and trying to get this person to kind of get on this horse to work. But it has to take both parties in order to kind of make those things. Definitely. And another thing was just even now, like especially with marriages, I heard a lot of people talk about, you know, at one point. Both, both parties were working, you know. They were all, let's say, in the hotels, working in the casinos, et cetera, whatever, in tourism. And now, boom, you know, you're out of a job. Both of you guys are out of a job. Right. How do you handle those tough conversations in, you know, in terms of finances, et cetera, going through those tough times? Right. I think we could call that a crisis, right? Where the money used to be coming in and it's not anymore. We define crisis as a shifting of resources, right? I think that's a healthy definition. Shifting resources means that we're taking it from one area where we're used to having it and we're putting it in an area that we never had to put it in before Mm. because the time is now calling for a shift. And I think the more we fail to accept the current times, the current reality of our situation, the more our crisis will prolong. So COVID-19 is still here, but if you're doing what it is you need to be doing, it shouldn't necessarily be a crisis for your subjective experience if you have properly shifted your resources. I think because so many people have identified themselves with their job, they've identified themselves with a certain uh, bank figure in their accounts, seeing that change is now disrupting their sense of self. And so they are trying to figure out who they are in the midst of marriage, right? Because for so long, Drew, they haven't been honest with who they really are. They haven't been honest with the fact that maybe they don't even really know who they are. You're not a banker. You're not an insurance agent. You're not an accountant. You are separate and apart from any of those labels. But if you went into COVID-19 not knowing that, it's going to be really hard for you to kind of figure that out now. What you need to do is you need to use this time to discover. Discovery means you are living in the now, seeing what comes out of this. Creation implies that you have an idea about what you want your life to look like. And so many of us are trying to create things in our lives and really we need to just discover. But it's weird. So many people are saying that, Harrison, they don't know what it is to chill. They don't know what it is to relax. When you say discover and just see what comes out, yeah, peace, right. you're telling me that I just should be still with myself? Yeah. There are bakers today who were bankers four months ago, and they're killing it. Mm. There are cooks today who were insurance agents four months ago. They're killing, killing it. it. You know, There are people that have art pieces in them that would, the world would have never seen had it not been for COVID-19, right? I've been supporting small businesses, and I'm just like, how have you not been doing this before? Well, they were comfortable, right? There was not a need. There was no pressure. And you find in life, nothing grows without pressure. So I think that this is just an opportunity for us to, again, reevaluate a lot of where we are. 
A lot of us have been praying for vacation time and we got it. <laughs> We've been praying Extended to do something time. different. Yeah, we got it. Mm-hmm. So let's not complain about it, right? Mm-hmm. We can't change what is happening. So let's just use what is happening to our advantage as best as we can. Perspective, man. Perspective. That's what I've been trying to teach this whole time, man. So question, I'll give you a scenario. Right. A guy comes in your office. Um, he's married, has, let's say, two kids. Okay. And he's now out of work. You know, he's stressed out. You know, the pressures of his wife and now the anxiety of being able to provide for his family. Like, what would you give him in order for him to, you know, maintain a healthy relationship and leadership in his home? Right. Like, what advice would you give him? The first thing I'd want to do, I'd want to ask him how far is his ideal from his reality? Right? Because that's going to show me the depth of his suffering. If he says, man, Harrison, I'm used to bringing in six figures. I'm used to not having to look at prices. I'm used to giving my kids whatever they need, whenever they need it. And now his reality is contradicting that. That's going to let me know his degree of suffering is very deep, right? So the first thing we need to establish is why are you suffering? And we suffer in life because of the space between our ideal and where we are. Mm -hmm. That's all suffering, right? So I think once we can identify that, the second thing we need to do is figure out, are those labels and definitions still serving him? right? Do you need to be bringing in six figures to still be financially stable? Is there some adjustments that can be made in your life that you've never had to make before? And once we can identify what those things are, what we're doing now is we're empowering him. We're giving him an opportunity to see that he does have power to change his circumstances. He just has to be willing to look in the right places. And I think once we can give him that opportunity to create change in his life, now is birthed motivation. Motivation is only the byproduct of action. It's not something we can think ourselves into. That's why on Sunday we're motivated and Monday morning we're just done, Mm -hmm. right? Motivation is a byproduct of action. And so by continuing to help him engage with the things he can control, we continue to hoard more and more motivation. More motivation, more opportunity to hope. More opportunity to hope, more belief in self. More belief in self, more risks I can now take starting businesses, doing things I've never done before, changing the status quo. On the extra mile. Yeah. I'm providing for that family, man. That's good stuff, man. Yeah. All right. So I want to switch things up. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, we want time. You know, sure. we probably have to do a part two to this. You hey. know what I'm saying? But I want to talk about some things in terms of, um, let's say, misconceptions about or myths about dating and loves and relationships, right? So I have some questions that I want to ask, ask you. You know what I mean? Okay. First one, we're going to start off because this is always something that everything everybody talks about, you know. Is there the one? Is that a true thing? You know, your your soulmate, your twin flame, or whatever it be. Is yeah. there really the one? Or more so, humans tend to just adapt to what they feel meets their standards. Like, yeah. I think I want to blend both of those in saying there are many ones, right? I think there are, like, top category ones, where the people who are, like, most ideal for you. And you have, like, a second category of ones, where, listen, these things can still work they're requiring a higher degree of personal responsibility. And you have like the last degree where it's like, listen, you can make this work if you really commit to this, but you need to know that it's going to take a lot more work here than it would over there. Right? Interesting. I've never heard of this in this way, the the, the breakdown, the levels of ones. Yeah. I think what we are all looking for is that person where they fit into Mm -hmm. our fit. Right? They are like the missing puzzle piece to our already created piece. But the truth is, if I was born in Asia the one would be in Asia for me, right? More than likely. If I was born in the Bahamas, the one would be in the Bahamas. Technology is now changing that. 
I don't have to be born in somewhere else to find someone else, right? And so what I think we're realizing is that human beings have the ability to adapt. You realize that the one is just who you choose to be content with, right? Now, to some degree, again, like I was talking about before, there's an ideal that we have in our mind, a story we tell ourselves about what our life should look like, what our partner should look like, how she should look, how she should be, her attitude, beliefs, the whole nine yards. And the closer to that we find, the better we feel about our choice. But when you can accept that people are inherently different than they should be, all of a sudden now, you open up the pool to so much more people that you would have previously outcasted. And I think you realize that a relationship working is not so much about what you're given, but what you choose to work through. Your ability to see thinking together versus being alike, I think is key in finding the one. Wow, that's, that's deep. I, I never thought about it from that angle, that perspective. Because even for me, I've <laughs> I had to do some self-check, even right. for me, because I feel that I've, over the years, been a little picky, you know what I'm saying? I don't think I should have. And I've realized that there's no perfect person. You True. know, that person in my head, that does not exist. They're not here. And you have to find someone who you are willing to work with and then through that relationship, through that cultivating you guys, each other, you know what right. I mean? You eventually end up to that person, you know, but it's not going to come, you know, it's just not going to drop, you know? No way. Especially with women, too. They talk about, I see this all the time on Twitter. I feel like they all expect hood Jesus. Right. Like, no, like, that, <laughs> that dude don't exist. You know what I mean? They want that hood nigga, you know what I'm saying? With right. a little bit of, you know? Right. He's just so nice, but he's good to me. You know, he's a thug to everybody, but good to me. Let me tell you, bro. <laughs> it's It's like emotional porn. It makes for really good Hollywood love stories. Mm. You know, where the guy you want, he's like walking off of a plane. He's taking taxi cabs to go back two miles to this farmhouse where you're crying. And he's like, you realize that he needs you in his life. That ain't going to happen. I can't get refunds <laughs> after 24 gone. hours. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I got I to gotta manage my points. Mm. I think instead what we need to recognize is that maybe our expectations have been carried to a place that reality simply cannot meet. Much like our porn does, right? Mm -hmm. And I think if we buy into that, we will end up looking for that, not realizing that this phantom we're chasing isn't really real. And I think the more we can accept that, you know, the best we can probably do with anybody is about 80-20, right? 90-10 if your grandparents were praying people. Mm. And it's like, beyond that, we have to create what it is we want. Exactly. I think, especially for a lot of us, Oh, especially us 90 babies or whatever. I'll give you 80. When you grow up, <laughs> 80s babies, etc. When you grow up, I was a hate. I was a hate. When you grow up under the Disney movies, you know, that's what I mean. Like the Disney movies or the 90s love music and all that stuff like that. You expect real life to be that way, that Prince Charming or the princess and stuff like that and these fairy tale stories. But then when you start to get in the real world and realize you're messing with people who have years of family trauma that's passed on to, you know, to you, I mean, to them, sorry, that you got to deal with and are, are willing to deal with. Right. You have people who just, you know, came out of an abusive relationship and stuff, certain things like real life stuff. Yeah. And you have to kind of like understand like people are going to come with their baggage and hopefully they've done enough work to at least eliminate a lot of them. Right. You know, but a lot of people I feel like are still operating from those, you know, Disney movies or what they see on social media or what people tend to just show them on social media, the Birkin bag and all these other things. Like, what oh, this is how it's supposed to be, et cetera. So moving on, actually, this is a good little segue. segue. You know what I mean? Another topic, you know, that tends to come up a lot is in terms of, okay, myths about, let's say, dating. 
you know, who should be paying for what, how much should someone pay, you know, in terms of the first date, et cetera. What's, what's your take on that? I think if you offer the person, I think it's common courtesy. That you should pay. That you should pay, right? Fellas, that- listen, if you're taking her out. <laughs> If you've offered to take this woman out of her house, you know, get her dressed up, whatever, you should. I mean, that's just me. I, I think, think so, you too. Pay. I think if you're going to invite someone out, it's common courtesy to kind of manage that experience for them. But you got to be you got to be real. Like, don't be taking people that your wallet can't afford. <laughs> Come on. You know what I mean? If you are a Burger King type of guy and you got to work it out with Burger King, I don't know who really going to be buying into that. <laughs> but, you know, if you ain't got that red lobster money. You know, and I also say this: people think this is bad, but I also say too, like some people don't deserve, you know, five star restaurant um, yeah. dating. To be honest, some True. people can't have five star restaurant conversations. True. Some people only could have, you know, hangout conversations. You okay. know what I mean? Balance that expectation. You know what I'm saying? That's what I tell my boys. But you know, that's on the, you know, back when Jew was a little back. You know what I mean? <laughs> but. But yeah, th- those expectations and even like, let's say in terms of gifts and things like that, people see, you know, right. um, and the big thing right now is like uh, Quavo and Sweetie, you know what mm. I'm saying? Getting the Birkin bags and all that stuff and how much you should be spending on your person and this Xbox is $500, y'all buying these, you know? Like, what do you think about that? And that whole uh, I mean, relationship. We have really started looking at so many different things that aren't even relevant to what healthy relationships are supposed to be. We're making it about the outcomes and not necessarily the process. And relationships flourish when you got two people that are focused on the process, not the outcome of things, right? Mm. And I think so many of us are trying to buy love. We're trying to buy our way out of infidelity. We're trying to buy our way out of dropping the ball and our responsibilities. And you just simply can't do that, right? After your needs have been met, you realize that love really becomes a sharing. I am choosing to share my happiness with you. That gives me the insurance to leave you whenever I need to leave without a fear that I'm losing out on anything. And so I think we need to make sure that we are securing ourselves enough in love so that we can't be tempted by these things, you know? Because that's when you end up in dysfunctional relationships. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't even have to mention Cardi B and Offset, but it's like, <laughs> she was at the point of like divorcing dude. And dude came right back in with that rules. Yeah, right. really, really. You know? And <laughs> right. it's like, she took him back. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen typically for the average Bahamian woman, for the average Bahamian guy. And I think if you continue to look at that as a way out to continually shirk our responsibilities, you're in for a rude awakening, man. That's not going to happen. That's true, man. It's tough. Another one, another, another, let's say a myth that you can bust, you know, is love a necessity in terms of relationships to keep a a relationship going and healthy? Is love a necessity? Uh, long term, I think so, but it is definitely not a necessity to get a relationship going. Um, love is not enough, right? You can't eat love. Love don't pay bills. You know that. Mm-hmm. Love will not stop a person's irresponsibility from continuing to wreak havoc on a relationship. And I think that so many of us think that love conquers all, which I think is a cop-out, right? If you're irresponsible, that's going to significantly affect the relationship. So beyond us having love... Do we have responsibility? Do we have transparency? Do we have accountability? Do we have vulnerability? Because love is just one element that I think we fall back onto when times are tough. But outside of love, we have to function, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want love dragging me out of my house at 3 a.m. because you don't know how to act, right? Don't I don't want love having to pick, having to cause me to drive down to the police station because we violating curfew, right? <laughs> right. And I think a lot of times we think that once we have love, we have everything. We don't. 
Love will actually be the last nail in the coffin to your grave if you're not careful. And so accountability is what allows you to, to participate in love without worrying that it's going to cost you your life. That's true, man. It's tough. Yeah. Moving on, one of my last ones I'd like to, to add on there. A lot of people talk about um, having your list. Yeah. You know, I, I know a lot of women talk about it. Um, men now talk about it. They're afraid to talk about it. I, I think it's a, a healthy thing to have, you know, your list, you manifest what you want, et cetera. But what's your, what's your, I guess, take on having a list and how to operate that as a single person? Well, be careful, right? Mm-hmm. I think behind our lists is a very uh, sneaky fear that if we don't have these things, we can't participate in happiness and love, right? So we got to be very mindful. The longer your list is, the more afraid you probably are. The shorter your list, you. the more secure you probably are. Mm-hmm. So just be mindful of what's going on, on that list. If you find that you can't keep these things to at least one hand, if there's a spillover with two other fingers, that's cool. But one hand is good, one hand is good man. Mm-hmm. Because on one hand, there should be principles, right? I think when you start looking for specifics in people, you start running into this abstract area of life that you can't manage. But I think principles like honesty, openness, accountability, those are the things that I think a person should be looking for. You'll realize that over time, that will create so much more peace than finding some tall, dark, handsome thing. It's going to serve you for the moment. <laughs> for our listeners, I was looking at the camera, but not just for the moment. But no, that's, that's, a, that's a true thing, man. And like I say, I feel like you also limit yourself too when you have these right. long dated lists, et cetera. True. Like what are the core principles that you know that, you know, can serve you, you know, whether this guy, what does he believe in, you know, how important spirituality is in his life, you know, True. what is his standards, how does he treat his family, his mother, et cetera, how does she, you know, treat her relationship with her mother and father, yeah. et cetera, her siblings, you know, all these different things, I feel like you got to go to the core as opposed to, you know, oh, she got to, she makes, she got to be like, skin with curly hair, you yeah. know what I'm saying, you know, the, I used the to be guilty of that. <laughs> I used to be guilty, but I woke up, you woke up, I woke, woke up, up, bro, right. a nice dark skin queen. <laughs> <laughs> talk about it, man. Talk about it. So just to wrap it up, man, like I want you to, I guess, give my audience insight as to, you know, why would you think it is important to kind of have a relationship coach or a counselor, a psychologist, whether you're going through tough times or not? Like what what does your position play? Like how important is it? The danger, I think, in relationships is that we have the ability to manifest what we want. Point blank. To me, that is so dangerous because... We don't always know what's best for us. And I think by having a trusted person who can give you a third party unbiased view about something that you say you want, it can reveal to you a lot of blind spots. It can show you where maybe you're looking for trauma bonds and not necessarily authentic love, right? Pain, pain speaking to pain. And I think a lot of times it shows us that maybe we haven't questioned our preferences enough. I think so many people are just doing what they think they should be doing. And they have not involved themselves in this process. And so maybe because my father did it this way or this is because this is what society says we should be doing. I'm doing this. It's like college after high school. But the truth is, if we don't slow down and question why we're doing something, eventually down the line, we're going to develop resentment. And we're going to have a midlife crisis. We're going to say, man, I should have done this when I had the time and the opportunity. Don't wait until there's a problem, right? Start now while you're free to do so and recognize that the relationship starts with a healthy you first. Once you're good, feel free. I like that, man. I like that. And just to leave, 
because I know a lot of single people probably listen to this episode because I got the relationship coach in there. Some tips that you feel that they can take into, you know, 2020 and beyond. Right. And this, you know, me personally, I'm like, listen, I'm chilling for 20. It's COVID. I don't even be spending no extra money. I'm good. You know right. what I'm saying? Being single is lit right now. Hey. You know what I mean? I, 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 I'm good. You know, but for the person who wants to, you know, still explore, you know, still step out there during this time, like, what could, you, what advice could you give them now? Uh, singleness is not a curse. Mm-hmm. Don't look at singleness as a uh, karma paycheck for something you did in your past. Don't think about singleness as some as an indication that you're doing something wrong. Singleness is a great time of your life to be discovering who you are, yes. because you're never going to have this opportunity again once you get into the relationship that you find. Right. So singleness is not a curse. Uh, remember that when you are holding yourself to a standard, loneliness will sometimes be the end result of that, right? The byproduct of having standards is you're not going to have a lot of people that want to buy into that. Yeah. Why are people going to have to want to wait when we have others that are buying into this thing at a much cheaper price? So you need to understand that having standards isn't a problem, but be prepared to sometimes stand alone, sometimes for extended periods of time. doesn't mean that you're broken. I would hate for a person to settle just so that they can change their relationship status because they wanted to compromise on their standards to be booed up, right? I would rather you be single and happy than in a relationship and absolutely stressed out. That's dope, man. I like to tell people, I personally feel, because at first coming into COVID, me even like, because actually all of my friends, my close friends, my two LB, my three LBs, one is married, two are deep in relationship. My best friends deep in the relationships, right? And when COVID started, I'm like, dang, I'm out here just solo dolo, you right. know what I mean? But then I realized, I was like, this right now is like actually, for my single people, this is like one of the best times to be single because I feel like you don't have the unnecessary pressures of going out and being involved in certain things, whatever. And you have so much more solitude and so much more time to legit get to know yourself and to be clear on who you are, where you stand, your standards. So by the time when things, you know, open up or whatever, you want to be out there, like... Powerful. It's it's not that you know it's it's kind of a, a little more black and white for you. You know what mm. I mean? You like uh, I'm good. You know what I mean? Because when you start to get that that little feeling of oh I'm, you know I'm lit like right. I, I'm good my company I'm lit. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And if you coming in here to trying to disturb that and bring confusion and all like especially with confusion that's the first sign. You know yeah. what I mean? But bringing all that stuff in, you're able to decipher that so much easier, man. No doubt. You no know? doubt. But, man, Harrison, thank you so much for coming through, my boy. Hey. I appreciate it, man. My second guest, man. Listen, it's a pleasure, bro. It's always a pleasure linking up with you. You know when we always at events, me and you have to have all the conversations <laughs> on the side, et cetera, check course. in. But I wish you all the best, and man, and thank continue you. to heal this nation and these people, you know, and us. I thank you, say. bro. I am humbled to be here. I wish you nothing but success on your podcast, bro. I know that you're going to have amazing guests, content for the people. Y'all, this is something good. I want y'all to support the thing. Uh, continue doing what you need to be doing because the people need to hear some of the things that are going to come from this podcast, bro. So continue to stay focused. Thank you, man. That's Harrison Thompson. So being the masters. Thank sure. you, bro. And that was another great episode of A Beat and a Message. Oh, man, such a great conversation. Uh, Harrison definitely dropped a lot of gems in there. You know, one of the main things I took away from this conversation, and it's something that I always reflect on, is always start with self. You know, self-respect, self-love. 
you know, fill your cup up with those things first. So there's always enough love for you and your partner, you know, and to my single people out there who's rocking with me, please understand that being single isn't a curse. Truly use this time effectively and to truly understand yourself and know yourself. Your relationship is only going to be as strong as your singleness, your ability to be a single, you know, so let that sink in. And to all my, you know, listeners out there who are in relationships during this tough time and COVID and stuff, just always remember that it's you and your partner against the problem and it's never you against your partner. So yeah, man, that's a wrap. Uh, Thank you guys so much for supporting the podcast and I look forward to bringing you guys more valuable content and just continue to bring you value. So thank you so much and until next time.